This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's Go You At? Where we start every conversation with this question because that's how we connect here in Hawaii. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about the Green Lady of Wahiwa. Dwelling in the forests of Wahiwa Gulch on Oahu, the Green Lady is said to be a horrifying green-skinned figure with teeth like daggers and her hair draped in rotten-smelling moss and seaweed. But there's much, much more to this story. I want to welcome Lopaka Kapunui to fill in the pukas for us today. Lopaka grew up around old Hawaiian legends and ghost stories from his family. Today, he is one of Hawaii's best ghost storytellers who leads walking ghost tours with Mysteries of Hawaii on Oahu. Aloha, Lopaka. Welcome to the program. Aloha. Good morning. Thanks Good to be here. Yeah, mahalo for being here. First thing first, yeah. what school you went? Waipahu. Waipahu? Yeah. You, in your time, what, were, what was Waipahu known for? Football. Football, Especially yeah. The, yeah. the Moody brothers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Moody. Went on to do great things at the University of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great team. Yeah. He, actually, Andrew uh, was to, used to, I don't know how we, we had ringers back at uh, KHO when we played <laughs> in the media league. And all of a sudden, Andrew Moody would be uh, an employee at Channel 2. I don't know how we did it. <laughs> But people were like, wait a minute, Moody doesn't work at Cage. Oh, no, no, it's new sports intern, new sports intern. Uh, mahalo for joining us again. You know, I know, um, first of all, COVID took out some of the, the obviously, because our visitors weren't here. Yep. But are they back? And how, how's, the, how's the tours going? You know, the thing is, as uh, soon as COVID happened, we had to scramble and we had to think. And here's the short story. I received a certificate from the, the state legislature, you know, for being a master storyteller and was on that day that everything shut down and I was just you know oh I got this certificate how can I be this master storyteller and my wife said go online (laughs) you know start doing virtual and so because of that we were able to stay financially solvent you know and we actually acquired a bigger audience than we had before that. Yeah your reach expands beyond just the actual physical tour because now people can take a tour with you from wherever they may be. From around the world yeah it's crazy. But you're back physically now. Yeah, we're we're doing good, and we're you know observing all the all the restrictions. Like your ghost music you just played for us, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Turn this thing off. Technology. <laughs> I, be, I better do the same. But yeah, so you're back physically and 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 going gangbusters. It's like 30, 40 people per night. Wow. Yeah, and the biggest walking tour I ever had was like two hundred people at one time. It was we had to use a karaoke mic <laughs> and speaker. Wow. So it's you know there's always interest in storytelling and if you don't mind let's go out to Wahiwa and you know Wahiwa is is a lot more spiritual than people may believe maybe you can start there and and why that gulch is so special is that the right word oh yeah I mean Wahiwa itself that whole area has so many so many things I mean you could be here another hour just talking about that area in general but specifically referring to the Green Lady. And, you know, like you said, you know, the urban legend is she's seen as uh, this woman with scaly skin and, you know, moss for hair. And she's at the gulch by the botanical gardens. 
uh, the urban legend is, you know, there was a flood going through that area and she went to go rescue her baby and, you know, they, they both perished. But I remember the old Hawaiian saying that she was actually a, a mo'oahine, you know, a female lizard goddess, and that's basically her domain. And so it turns out she's not just relegated to Lelihua High School, which, by the way, doesn't make the list of the top five high schools uh, that are haunted, so good for that school. But it turns out her domain actually stretches all the way out to um, Lake Wilson. Wow. And that every few years, as, as a mo'oahine, she has to take one young man. And so it's funny, you know, on the news, we hear about a soldier from Schofield being found in the lake. Mm-hmm. My friend who's a medical examiner told me it was interesting when I brought it up. She said, you know, some of those bodies are found fully immersed in the water, but they have the clothes on, the shoes on, wallet, cell phone, car keys in the pocket. And so she said, it just kind of looks like they just walked into the water. Wasn't going for a swim. It almost like something was, you know, beckoning to follow them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Heebie-jeebies, man. But, yeah, uh, you know, when you said that, I, I just – it took me back in time to my days of delivering news. And you're right. Every once in a while, you'd get these mysterious deaths or at least bodies found in Lake Wilson and really no explanation. Yeah. And so we were doing a storytelling at the Pineapple Festival about 10 years ago. And this very nice kupuna came up and she said, you cannot repeat what I tell you until maybe five, six years from now. Okay, it's been five, six years. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, asked, I asked her why. She says, because that's probably how, how much long I get left. I said, okay. And there's this festivities going around, you know, games, food booths, all the ride and the noise. And she said, the Mo'o goddess Kanoi and Lelehua. Every few years, they got to come down from Mount Ka'ala and their, their hale, their place, is Lake Wilson and then part of Kukani local. But she said, every few years, they have to come and they have to take one, one kane before they go. To replace her baby in the, in the myth or, or the urban legend or... Because in Hawaiian legend, what did Hawaiian that one legend. kane mean? Mohai, sacrifice. So, and it just it just hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. I've heard news reports of, you know, yeah. guys from Schofield just fully clothed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Found in the lake. And so even today, you know, a lot of my friends, oh, one of my students who's going to graduate, she lives right in that area. And she says every day when she has to uh, take her daughters to and from school, she has to walk over that bridge at the Botanical Gardens. And she says, she always looks straight ahead, no look right or left. I said, why? It's daytime. She goes, that place just gives me the creeps. Even in the day? She said, I can actually peripherally see somebody down there like watching me. <laughs> okay, so those in podcast land, I, I'm, oh God, okay, man, I'm tongue-tied right now. Lopaka and I are not alone. I get uh, a couple of technical guys and producers with us in the studio. Uh, and, and one of them is a Lele Hua boy. Oh, sorry. Uh, J- Jesse Makadengde. And Jesse, as soon as I said, yeah, I'm going to be having Lopaka Kapanui, we're going to talk Green Lady of Wahiwa, it was like he had seen a ghost. I mean, he was like, oh, uh, you know, heebie-jeebies all over again. This this is something that a lot of generations have have, have learned and mm-hmm. and continue to share orally. And, and and I know in some cases, you know, with written written comment. Yeah. I mean, they've actually seen her at um, Dole Plantation. Up by Haleiwa? 
Ja, helemaal op mijn Ja, helemaal op. The Maze. Uh, I did some some stuff for them a few years back, and they they reported about the um, I forget what they call the big pond, but people have seen what looks like a, a mo'olahine in that area too. So she's not just relegated to that one specific place. As long as there's a waterway, she'll be able to move. If you if you Google search just the images of of Green Lady of Wahiwa, you see some images that include that mossy yeah. hair. But some of them you look like this. It's this is like a reptile. This is like a creature, yeah. and that's somebody's interpretation of Green Lady of Oahu. Well, I want to give credit to my my friend uh, Professor Marie Alohalani Brown, who's doing an, an exclusive study and thesis on Mo'oahine. And one of the things she told me is that um, a Mo'oahine will take a man as her meal or as a paramour, but eventually, you know, just draining the life out of him. And so, you know, it's like, what does she look like? And she says, looks like a regular wahine, but very beautiful, but never addresses you to your face, you know, only from behind. So you got to look at her. Mm. And <clears throat> she came across old newspaper articles in Hawaiian, which she shared with me and said, a lot of kupuna in the forests or places in Maui and Big Island would say that they would see the mo'olahine in her guise as a physical person and then she would suddenly become translucent. You know, like predator, uh-huh. like that. There's one story that shakes me every time I talk about it and this was shared with me uh, from George Kaimiola in Maui. And he said a friend of his knew of this boy in the 80s, 15-year-old boy who kept disappearing for weeks on end and his parents kept asking him, oh, where, where do you go? Where are you going? You know, I mean, they're, the, they're at the point where they're like, give him licking and so already and the boy says, oh, I, I go see the mo'o. It's like, what mo'o? Because they noticed he would come home. You know, like when you're in a bathtub for a long time, your skin get all wrinkly. So he would mm-hmm, come home mm-hmm. like that. And so finally, a, a news reporter on Maui heard about the story and met the boy. And the boy took the reporter to the waterfall where he, he would go see the mo'o. And so the reporter told my friend George, the boy is sitting in front of me on this boulder. And behind the boy is the waterfall. And as the boy is talking about his experience, he his... Vision goes off to the, the right side of the boy behind him. And he said, suddenly the waterfall becomes this clear curtain of water. And he sees this black scaly hand come like this through the water and part it like a curtain. And he said, just inside, he saw the mo'o. Black scaly skin, black forked tongue, red glowing eyes. That, and they stand by that story. With their yep. own eyes, they saw. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, there are, so basically what you're saying is uh, there are other mo'owahine yeah. across across the state. Not all of them are, I don't want to say evil, but not all of them are searching for kani or they all, all are in some way. It depends on the circumstance, but I'm aware of families that today still, still malama, still feed their mo'owakua. Right. Uh, apparently there is one in Kaniana Cave, Makua Cave, mm-hmm. and then uh, in a few other uh waterways on Oahu. For those who are listening, because some of our friends on podcast land, not from the islands, mm-hmm. uh, and, and aloha if you are listening, Omokua, uh, maybe you can describe what that means to, to those people who don't understand that. And mo'o is, is a sacred omokua for yep. many, as is the shark and, and others, but the, especially the mo'o. Why, why is that? Omokua in general um, are living family members who when they pass away receive the ceremony of Unihipili. So they become deified through this ceremony of prayers, 40 days, 40 nights, nonstop. 
And so depending upon the almakwa of the family, that living person who's passed becomes a mo'o or a mano, a shark, or a pu'el, an owl. And sometimes even a, a makani, a wind, you know, or a rain, depending upon, you know, uh, who the family is and what part they come from. And so these ohana today who are still taking care of their mo'o deities, you know, that mo'o was probably once a living person. And when they passed, they were given this ceremony. So I believe in the old days, that's why a lot of Hawaiians were really not f- afraid of spirits because a lot of times it was their own family. Mm-hmm. And you know, back then you bury the bones on their property. Right. You know, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and for those of my friends who, who look at the mo'o and see a lizard, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for whatever reason they want it out of the house, yeah. I often have to remind them that be careful because that's, that's omakua to some people and yeah. some families. And, and, and that's, that's family. That's ohana. Um, you know, going back to the Green Lady of Wahiwa, mm. one of the, the, the stories I heard through the urban legend was that, um, that her hair or, or the smell mm-hmm. of, of her in particular, yet I know a lot of in ghost stories or storytelling, smell is not always uh, something that ghosts have. Is that to be true or, or is that not true at all? So that's an interesting question because a lot of that depends upon the person. Mm-hmm. And if that person has a certain level of psychic sensibility, they can receive the aroma. You know? So you mean the individual who is on, who's experiencing this? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Because not everybody experiences these kinds of right. things. So like, you know, like you said, in, the, in your ohana, you're the person. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you more than likely have a level of psychic sensibility. So that's why you're receiving all this information, you know, and all that energy because they suddenly know it's you. So they're queuing in on you. And what's happening is uh, communication. So they're not trying to scare you. They're just basically trying to communicate in any way they can, you know, until you get the message. Right. <laughs> I, I, trust me. Uh, Lopaka, I, I can tell you, um, oof, I'm getting goosebumps about it. My, my uncle Elmer, Kiahi, um, a healthy man, all of a sudden was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer of the th- of the throat. Never smoked a day in his life, and um, he was like my second father. And I really had a hard time even visiting him during mm-hmm. his illness because I just didn't want to see him deteriorate. But he he had he had the cancer had spread so rapidly that shame on me, but I never got a chance to say goodbye mm. properly. And so one night. Uh, Right before the night before his uh, funeral, and he was buried at Punchbowl, at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific, and and I was going to be uh, carrying casket. I was a pallbearer, and I had a hard time sleeping. Um, but the the in the middle, what I thought was I was awake, but I felt this you know just incredible energy from the top of my head just like flow through my body, and I'm almost feeling it right now, mm. and just oof, you know, and um, Woke up though, and I had a bruise, probably the size of a cantaloupe, on my thigh, but it didn't hurt. Uh, so we go to the funeral. My aunt, my auntie, her husband, her his wife, rather, Auntie Rosie, said, "Uncle went to visit you last night," and I said, "I think so," and he, she was saying, "Let it go. Let it go. It's okay." And that was his way of saying, let it go. Now, I never talked to her about my guilt. Mm. So she was, she was, she was one, the one of yeah. my, uh, my grandma's generation. But I had a bruise. 
So it was kind of a mixed signal message. Yeah. Yet I felt it. There's no doubt about it. I felt this energy fly through my body. And I'm again, you know, it's like chicken skin on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe it to mm. be true. But why the why the brutes? I never did ask anybody about that. Hmm. That's interesting. So And I know I didn't get hit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's another form of communication. Like if you and I are, are two boys from Hanapepe and we're at some some big gathering and we see each other across the room and we like talk to each other. Because there's so much people between us, the most we can do is is probably scream or try to touch each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably what happened. He tried to touch me. Tried to touch you. He wasn't trying to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. feel scared at all. Yeah. I didn't feel scared at all. And that's why I want to go back to the Green Lady of Wahiwa. <laughs> Even though she would take Kane or she would, and I know it scared the living daylights out of Jesse when he was young and others who lived in Wahiwa. And I, I know the Akina family have shared this, this, uh, Olelo, this story many, many times. But is there a sense of fear of, of the Green Lady of Wahiwa or, or not? Or for some people, is it just respect of that area? Even... Even a kahuna that I know personally who feeds a mo'ohine today as we speak, you know, he tells me all the time when he goes to leave the pu'olo, sometimes he's actually scared that she's going to come out and just grab him. And he showed me the pond where he goes to feed her. And when he showed me the picture, I was like, oh, brah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you feel him and you're not even there. He goes, imagine when I got to go there and I got to feed her. Physically be there. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I don't think that's fear. I think that's, that's kapu. Mm-hmm. You know, that's her couple, her reverence. Respect. 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 Which is really, when it comes to storytelling across our islands, uh, you you don't have to believe, but you better respect. Yeah. Yeah. Even when people tell me to my face, you know, I don't believe in this. <laughs> Jokingly, I say, that's fine. They believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I want to wrap this up, but you said something earlier in our conversation about Lelihua not being one of the top five schools. Gosh, this sounds like a different, another one school you went, literally. <laughs> so Lelihua is not haunted. It is, but it— Not top five. But it doesn't make the top five. Okay, so I got to ask you before we go, because this is what school you went. And maybe we'll ask you to come back to get into details. What are the top five? So number five, uh, Campbell High School. Number four, uh, just made the list, Kapole. Mm. Number three, Ayel. Used to be number two and number one. Uh, number two, Stevenson Intermediate. Okay. Number one, King Intermediate. King Intermediate. Yeah. And not because I went to Kamehameha, but I know there's all kinds of night marcher stories up <laughs> in the heights, and I know, I know people who swear by it. Yeah. Not in the top five. Not in the top five. Interesting. It's King Intermediate in Kaneohe. It's built on a, an Aokueva, an opening between worlds. And so as many times as the previous principals have told me they've had the school blessed, I said, you're only putting a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. I said, don't do a blessing where you have to say, get out, go away, be gone. Do a blessing where you say, can, you know, can, we, we, can we be here? Yeah. <laughs> this is another What's Who You In episode. I gotta, I'm going to ask you to come back and we'll, we'll follow all up and talk story about that one. That one is, yeah, that one, I think a lot of folks would be curious to know why they're on the top five and 
He's, he almost did like, he almost sounded like Casey Kates from just now. <laughs> and number one, this week's new number one. So does it change annually or, I'm sorry, I'm amused by this. But, <clears throat> oh. Yeah. Yeah, it changes um, depending on the propensity of, of the activity on the campus. So this includes neighbor islands or just Oahu? Just Oahu. Or just Oahu. Yeah. Because I would imagine folks in Hilo uh, <laughs> or in Kaunakakai would say, hey, yeah. What about us farmers or <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's a whole different story. Hey, uh Opaka, thanks for joining us. It was this is this is this one would give me a lot of chicken skin for sure. And um thank you for what you do too. Oh, to, you're welcome. To perpetuate our culture and, and our stories and you know, or orly or whatever it is, we need to we need to continue our storytelling because this is important, it's part of who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a form of healing. For sure. Malonui for joining us. Until next time. What's Go You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.